0: Most people who have
1: tried this are just not doing it the right way totally um before we give away any more of our secrets (laughs) i feel like this is something that is a must-have it's something that when done right is worth more than the immediate roi this is what will get your company to 100 million dollars it's almost impossible to do that by just paying for facebook ads (laughs) or or tiktok ads or hoping you go viral like and if anything, like I think we mentioned on a prior episode, like going viral is a numbers game. There's no way to predict what content will and will like go viral. So you need this. Welcome to the Omni Channel Roundtable, where we discuss strategic insights at the intersection of in-store and online retail. We're your hosts, Brian Alston and Yemeni Mesa. Welcome to your seat at the table. Now let's talk shop. So welcome back to this episode of the Omni Channel Roundtable, where uh, myself and like my partner Yemeni are going to be talking all about community, what it is, what it isn't, and most importantly, how brands can build them and monetize them for whatever product they're selling. Um, so tons of stuff to talk about here. Um, but I guess the first thing that we can just like jump right into is like, Yemeni, like what is your definition of community as it relates to consumer brands?
0: Ooh, my actual definition. I don't know if I've ever thought of a formal definition, but when I think about community marketing to be specific, <clears throat> to me, it's really uh, a way to leverage the most effective marketing tool of all time, which is, which is word of mouth. Yes. And so when you, when you think about community marketing, um, if you're doing it right, the outcome is an entire are excited about your product, love your brand, can't stop talking about it, and in fact, share how much they love your brand with anyone that will listen. And they do that in person. They do that on their social channels. um, They do that in any way that they can. And if you're doing effective community marketing, you've built a solid relationship with that community as a brand that allows you to learn from the community in terms of what's working, what's not working um, in just get feedback uh, from the community. That's like super useful, but uh, perhaps the most important thing is you just get this massive support um, from this community who, who really loves your brand. And to me, honestly, it's probably the most important part of all of marketing. Um, Maybe the, the most uh, underappreciated because it's hard to measure ROI directly from, social media or influencer marketing, which by the way, to me, are components of community marketing. Yes. When you think about social media influencers, social media is just a, a way to communicate um, with your community. It's a way to you know, gather with your community. Um, so it's a part of community marketing. Um, so totally. anyhow, that, That's what it is to me. It's, it's a community of like-minded folks that a brand can become a part of Um, and then leverage word of
1: mouth. 100% agree there. I mean, like, the word of mouth piece is, again, it's underrated. And it's been, unfortunately, overlooked over the past decade as, frankly, it was sort of unnecessary. You know, (laughs) like back when it was super cheap and easy to just point and click some Facebook ads, you know, you could, I guess, um, leap over the, I guess, unscalable or harder to scale activity of building a relationship with your customer base. But I feel like now, you know, we are in this era where it's required if you are trying to succeed at anything, especially if you're trying to market a consumer product, something that people are inviting into their home, into their lifestyle, um, like sharing with their family and friends. And I think that with community marketing, which we'll spend a lot of time talking about what that is and how to build it, there is an emotional connection that can be built between product and people that will more than pay for itself. It's like something that won't have an immediate ROI and might seem like, well, isn't this some hippie BS? <laughs> but, but, but it really isn't. It's something that is, I think, again required for this next era um, that we're going into, and can also have a lot of I- indirect benefits. Um, like, for example, like one of the stories that we were talking about earlier is. Um, with Allbirds, the shoe company, um, how they sell these knit shoes that everyone has seen all, like, all over the internet. And what they've done very well um, is they have a lot of micro communities. They don't have just like, hey, this is our one customer base and everyone else is sort of ignored. And one of their most loyal followings are um, like women over 55 who knit. They found, again, because they did the research, they actually listened to their customer, they just like actually pay attention to these things is... Um, he's like knitting ladies love all birds, and they are willing to share all birds with everyone. They have their own sort of language that they speak. Um, how they use the product might be totally different than someone who works in venture capital in Silicon Valley, but it doesn't matter because if you think about it, she probably has children who could who she can influence to buy all birds. It's also worth pointing out that, you know, this cohort might not have as many brands like Allbirds advertising to her. So being seen and heard and cherished gets rewarded with intense brand loyalty and an incredible amount of word of mouth that she is sharing not only to other people like her, but to other people who aren't these knitters. So yeah, I feel like there's a lot of um, immediate and long-term benefits to this.
0: Yeah. And it's just a much more effective um, customer acquisition tactic because there's nothing more powerful than an authentic word of mouth versus an ad or a company or a paid influencer or some transactional way of getting the message to the customer. When it's this organic, um, authentic, enthusiastic um, recommendation from your mom (laughs) or from this person that you know well or somebody that you trust, I mean, it's, it's hard to beat that. And today, through effective community marketing, you can put that on steroids and scale the heck out of it. So you're not just limited to a handful of people talking to each other. Um, There is a way to build community and have hundreds and thousands of people uh, repeating all the great things about your product because they actually believe it and they can't stop talking about it. So that's, that's when it's done right. I don't see a lot of companies doing that. Right. I see a lot of companies trying to do marketing with influencers or trying to do social media marketing. Um, And often you visit their platforms and they're just kind of dead. There's no real, there's no community there. There's no, there's no liveliness. It's just dead posts with no engagement, no comments. Yeah. Um, And there's no community. Um, And then sometimes you find a brand that's actually, they figured it out and they're doing it just right. And anytime you visit any of their platforms, whatever they may, they may be, there's just a lot going on. There's just a lot of activities, a lot of feedback, a lot of enthusiasm. Sometimes it's uh, constructive feedback. Sometimes it's just fawning over how much they love the new flavor of whatever it may be, but at least there's that going on. Um, and of course that translates into all kinds of uh, huge benefits, uh, including more sales
1: you brought up a really important point, which is the role of the company in this. Because very often, you know, just going back to the Allbirds example, you have these people who might be sending in these fan mail emails or might be already talking about you on social media and doing all these things. But if the brand doesn't actually listen to this and identify it and augment it, basically using themselves as almost like a stage where it's like, we, we want to respect these people's passion so much we are going to augment it ourselves and put these people front and center and mm-hmm. give them sort of a a community center essentially of uh, like, a, like a, a place where they can all yeah. congregate and sort of build their own language and all of that like that to me is something that to your point is so underrated and while it might seem like it isn't scalable there are more and more platforms and ways than ever to help make that a, a possibility. Yep. Um, are, like, are there any that you've used uh, like in your experience that you think would be just helpful for brands looking to build their own community?
0: There's a lot of great tools you can use. We can probably get into some of those. Uh, probably my, my favorite one is BrandChamp. Mm. But before even using a tool like that, I think companies need to understand like what it actually means to build a community and then how to properly leverage that community so that you can get a return on it. And before you actually even spend money on a platform like Brandchamp, you can build a community, an an effective community of, call it 100 members. Yeah. um, Before actually needing to incorporate a tool like Brandchamp to properly scale it. You can do it on day one, by the way, and that's going to save a lot of grief. And if you can, if it's in your budget, then by all means. Uh, But you can get to 100 or so legit community community members without having to necessarily spend a whole lot of money. That That's part of what's yeah awesome about community marketing. It's probably one of the least expensive line items in your marketing budget if you were actually doing everything. Um, and it's one of the hardest to measure ROI on. But believe me when I tell you, once you have it in place, it acts as a multiplier to all your other marketing uh, tools, whether it's, you know, straight up ads or email marketing or whatever, everything works better and gets a better ROI when you've got a solid community in place and you're, and you're you know, properly leveraging it. So, yeah, but how, I guess it's, how do you even get started? Cause a lot of companies are like, wait, how do we, like, this sounds like a lot of work and, yeah. and again, there's no, there's no return on on investment that we can really measure and see if all this extra work and time is going to really pay off. And here's what I would say, like the most important thing to getting some kind of a, let's define it first. What the heck is it? What, What is community marketing? To me, it's, you've identified a group of individuals who are, um, Customers of your product, first and foremost, these are people that you haven't had to give anything to for free. This is very important. You haven't given anything to anybody for free. These are people who have found your product. Uh, Perhaps you've sent samples out. That that doesn't count. But they've tried the product and they're buying it now. And they love it. And they shared how much they love your product, whether it's through a five-star review somewhere or a post on their uh, social platform, wherever it may be. Or maybe they're a trainer and they're telling all their clients or something, but they're they're a big fan. So we'll call this a super fan. So that's one component of a of a marketing community, the super fan. They love your product, not because you twisted their arm and paid them a bunch of money or gave them a bunch of swag. They actually really love this product. So yeah. that's one part authenticity. of authenticity. Yes. Yes. Um, so it's important to find who those people are and, and we'll get back to them in just a moment. The next group or the next you know, part of the community is what everyone knows as influencers. And, um, you know, an influencer would be somebody who's online who's built their own community uh, that uh, there is, you know, they respect what the influencer says, they look forward to uh, whatever tips uh, the influencer might like to share. <clears throat> and many influencers have built a reputation around bringing you know, cool deals and and great prices on items that they respect to their communities. And so their communities are, you know, eagerly looking for these kinds of things. So they're, you know, they've kind of been trained with that. So um, if you're doing it right, a few of these influencers are going to find your product and on their own and because they love it so much, they're actually going to pay for this product, believe it or not, without you having to. And they may not even let you know. They just, they bought it, they've tried it and now they love it. And this, these influencers might be big, they might be medium, they might be small. It doesn't matter at this point. It just matters that they actually on their own found your product or samples were sent and they actually really like it and they're actually buying it. And so Absolutely. again, so you've got some super fans, they're buying your product, they're raving about it. You've got a, a, a handful of influencers. Maybe it's only two, maybe it's you know 10. It's, it doesn't have to be a big number. It just has to be a few of them. And then the other group in your community is what I like to refer to as thought leaders. And the thought leaders may or may not have much of a platform. In fact, they often don't. Uh, in, like in, the, in the nutrition space, these are uh, doctors that are you know, more focused on the research and on understanding how things work and don't work than they are about building up their own personal brands. Um, but nonetheless, that's who the influencers turn to. For understanding what they're talking about, and, and for gaining and information that they then share with their communities, and so you may have like a Peter Attia, who's a thought leader in the entire longevity uh, space, and while he's got a podcast himself, and he's you know he's uh, gotten much more popular in the last few years, uh, yeah. there was once a day. Well, no one knew who the heck Peter Atia was, but lots of influencers knew who Peter was, and lots of them were following his research and getting a lot of the insights that he was sharing. And then repeating that back to their communities in the language that makes sense to them. And then, and so that, that way, so it goes. Um, So the thought leader becomes very important because if a thought leader gives your product a thumbs up, that means all the influencers who follow that thought leader are also going to embrace that product just because it's been blessed by somebody who knows what the heck they're talking about yeah um, and so and so getting the 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 green light from some of these thought leaders becomes an important part of building this community and that takes some work by the way you're going to reach yeah. out to all these folks you're going to send them samples you're going to write a letter explaining to them this is why my product's better than all the other ones that are out there and you know, we've followed your research and we incorporated a lot of what you've been sharing into our formulas. And now we're bringing this product to market and we want to send you samples and get your feedback on it. If that person gives you a thumbs up that you can put on your website, they post it somewhere or any you know, any way that you can share that, that's huge. Not A lot of people will see it, but you'll make sure that the influencers, the influencers will see it and they'll make sure that a lot of other people do see it. So it all starts with just that. A couple of super fans. Yeah couple of influencers, and if you can, one thought leader, and you build it from there. Once you've identified those folks and they've already proven themselves to actually like your product and your brand, then and only then can you send them free stuff and invite them into your tribe or your group or your whatever you want to call your community. And in bringing them in and, and rewarding them for having given you brand love through their platforms or their recommendations or their approvals um, you're giving them cool stuff. And they're now they're going to share that even more because that, yes. you know, they love your brand to begin with. And now they've got the cool t-shirt that they can put on or the hat that they can share with everybody else. And that's where everything kicks off from that point. If you have 50 people online and a handful of them are influencers and one might be a thought leader and the rest are super fans all talking about your product at the same time, because you can figure out a way to coordinate this. This starts to multiply and multiply nice. and multiply, and it just keeps going from there. You will then reach that point where it's too much to manage, and so that you can properly capture all of the amazing content that these folks are going to be putting out there, analyze and measure what's working and not working, and effectively communicate with them what types of things you'd like for them to be talking about, or the types of giveaways you're going to be doing, or why are you going to be doing and all that that takes a lot of coordination and that's when something like a brand champ would come in handy. It's just a a software platform. Yeah. And somebody needs to understand what the heck needs to be done to properly use it. Uh, but, um, it allows you to scale it to thousands and thousands of people, uh, all aligned around your brand goals and, and product goals and all that.
1: You brought up a lot of great points. that I wanted to double click on, um, the first one is, one, how do you actually nurture the like the, the seed, like the initial super fans? And what I've always found, and again, I tell people this as I think like one of the most high ROI things you can do as a CEO of a company, which is calling those customers and talking to them on the phone. Don't just send them a survey for them to fill out. Don't like do all of that. Just call them. And even if it's only 10 minutes, of hearing from the, the CEO or someone high up at the company for a brand that they love, that will do everything. Because if, like again, if you think about sort of a relationship, you go on a date with someone, you need to show them attention. You need to show them that you actually are interested in what they have to say. You need to show them that you care. And if these super fans who are buying your product hear that someone is willing to pick up the phone and call them, especially in, in 2024, when no one really calls unless it's a scam or a telemarketer or something. Not only are they going to be even more obsessed with your product, but I assure you, you will get some very, very compelling qualitative insights about how they use your product, how it fits into their lifestyle. You'll learn something that won't show up in your reports. It won't show up in any of the data or the analytics. But it will be something that will be very critical, not only to your business, but also to help you find other people similar to them. Yeah. And I think one of the things we talked about um, a few episodes ago was like what competition is and how too many brands think about, oh, if I'm selling this drink, my competition are the other drinks. But what you're really competing against is all of the other things that are competing for their share of wallet and their share of attention. It's going to be very difficult and impossible for you to know what that is unless you call these people yep. and just have a conversation with them where they will just tell you all this stuff, even without you asking. And that's like one thing that I think is going to help, again, endear those initial super fans to your brand even more. And then the other thing is that oh, like you brought up, which is, okay, Like, what do you do with this stuff? You're going to get all of this content. You're going to get all of these testimonials. How do you turn that into revenue? And again, I think um platforms like BrandChamp, um platforms like Grin, there's a ton of those that are just gonna help you organize it. But again, I think that the role of the brand here is to be the platform that augments these stories, it augments all the content. And when you get, let's say, 50 pieces of content from these influencers a week, you're gonna know which ones are like are going viral and like like what I'm like, viral can be in quotation marks. Depending on yeah. your product, that might mean it got 10,000 oh, right. views. It might mean 10 million views. It totally depends. But that is going to help you figure out, hey, this is what I should use for the Facebook ads instead of me like guessing. Hey, this is a great testimonial that people really responded to. That's what I should send an email out about, or I should put this on the website. So having this community will not only get you all of this these insights, but it'll help you stack the deck in your favor for the rest of your marketing funnel because you're going to be able to identify what actually gets traction on social media, in your private Facebook group, whatever it is. Right. And then when you f- use that proven content elsewhere in your marketing funnel, it will perform better than you just sort of guessing. I'm um, so yeah, I think that you're spot on there with the snowball effect that having a community can have on improving every aspect of your business. And again, why it's still seen as like, it's not scalable, quote unquote, it's too difficult to get started. Just pick up the phone. Just spend 10 minutes, you know, calling this person or block out some time on your calendar, you know, just to be like, Hey, I'll spend two hours a week, just like calling these customers and it will pay for itself.
0: Yeah. I. You're reminding me um, <clears throat> when I ran the HECA good food business, the community uh, component of it, is, of it was our most effective part of all the marketing that we did. Yeah, And um, I was the CEO of that company and I did a monthly meetup at my house um, for the community that I was a part of. Um, and that's actually a good thing that we should touch on is when we think about community marketing, and maybe we did a little bit already, but it isn't just one community. It's a bunch of communities that you can you know, stitch together into one much larger one but with this brand we launched the brand primarily as a keto snack brand and so the first community that we ever talked to and targeted was the keto community and I happened to be a member of that community so it made it very easy because I already had a lot of uh, relationships and connections and I had an IG account called keto head where wow. I was friends with a lot of the big influencers in that space anyway so I had a bit of a head start there but I fully leverage that. Like you were saying, like I had people over at my house once a month. Um, and then we coordinated meetups around the country so that, um, you know, people who couldn't fly out to California could also have these meetups. And we as a company would sponsor them with free product. And then I, as a CEO would often fly out around the country and, and show up at one of these and meet with everyone, hang out with everyone, get a bunch of feedback, uh, share with them what we had in store, what was coming And then they felt like super privileged to be on, you know, kind of on the inside, having a sneak peek into all the cool new flavors and things that we were working on. So all these things started to put little seeds about, Oh, new flavors going to be coming. And we got to try it. And like, if we did something with a particular group and they only got to try it, you best believe they're going to be blasting that everywhere. And then everyone's like, how come we don't have that flavor? How do we get that flavor? And so all that worked extremely, extremely well. Um, but I don't know how many people are willing to carve out that kind of a time to something that they, again, can't measure the ROI with. Um, and so to them, I would say you're, you're missing out. Like it, You may not – like the, the return on investment on having uh, 20 people over at my house for a keto get-together on the overall impact of a national company is probably like this little. But what we're able to do with that, what happens in that one day – in the content that gets created and the platforms that they all have and everything gets shared on their platforms. And the fact that the content is authentic organic stuff, it isn't just a bunch of corporate manufactured BS. It's just real people who are part of this community, having a good time trying these foods. And by the way, these were perfect because it was, they were all like keto potluck type things. Everyone brought a keto dish of some sort. And so everyone was eating all this fun keto food. So this, um, and by the way, that was one community, right? Yeah. So as a brand, our product, which happened to be extremely low sugar, had no sugar, very low carb, um, was great, not just for keto dieters, but a whole host of other types of people in different communities who also are eating low carb, low sugar for one reason or another. So we had yeah. an entire community, community focused around um, people with diabetes, wow. and I don't have diabetes. Uh, but, uh, and so I can't personally relate to that entire community, but we had somebody on the team who did, and that person was the community manager for that community. Mm-hmm. And so everything in the world revolves around how to live with type two diabetes and how to navigate their way around it. And she had incorporated all of our products into her life in a great way. And so it just came natural for her. So, yes. um, that's how it gets started. I mean, you, you have to find that community that is going to most likely resonate with your brand and with your products and win with them because, you know if you yourself are not a part of it, like in my case with this particular company, I was part of the community. but wow. if I wasn't, I would hire somebody um, that wow. is truly entrenched in that world and have them be your you know your, your key point person um, to, to spearhead everything. Yeah, I mean. Like at Greater Than, we
1: hired a, a random woman who went viral on TikTok raving about the product. Like literally, like she went so viral, we had to shut off all of our Facebook ads for a month. Because we didn't have the inventory to sort of satisfy the demand. And we were like, and it didn't matter what she would post. Like it was just like nonstop. Like she could say anything and all of these moms would just come flocking to the company. So we're like, we need to hire this woman. Because she has such an authentic um, value that she was able to get from this product and the enthusiasm of her sharing this, you know, with the masses was palpable. So much of that, it wasn't just a one-time thing. Like, it just kept bringing in new eyeballs. And you're right about hiring those people. You know, she's someone who had never worked, you know, in a company like this before. She never had any sort of sales or marketing training But that authenticity came across on the very crowded wild west of TikTok consistently for many months. And hiring her again was probably the best hiring decision that the company made. Um, Because, yeah, like when we were building the actual community, you know, she gave us so many insights about the realities of being a breastfeeding mom that, again, you don't see in the reports. You don't see if you just ask ChatGPT, tell me 10 facts about being a breastfeeding mom. Like, you need to sort of have that lived experience. And what I really liked about what you said about the in person events is that's also something that's overlooked. Um, either you can organize your own, but I had a client um, a few years ago who um, their customers were mostly like moms in the suburbs, and they would sponsor like book clubs. They would basically just like give free product to be like, hey, serve these, you know, these healthy cookies at your next event. And surely enough, that got them this really big upswell of customers because there's only one person who's organizing this. But she has 10 or 15 of her friends who are all there. It's a captive audience. They all want to eat the food. And then of that, some of those people are going to become customers. So you can also piggyback off of existing events. That you don't have to organize yourself by just sponsoring them with free product. And the worst thing yeah. that happens is you just don't get any sales, but chances are you will get someone as long as it's the right product and the right community right. to actually like your product. And there was this, um, this conference I went to with like a few months ago where they said this same thing happens on Reddit. If you think about I'm like Reddit as an, uh, as a social network or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> It's probably one of the few places on the internet where you have real people congregating over whatever micro niche it is. It doesn't matter how obscure it is. Chances are there's a Reddit community there. And there are many brands who have, again, if they are part of that community, they know the language. They already have sort of the, like the years of posts to show that they're real people. They've been able to launch products through Reddit. They've been able to say, look, I am part of this community. I have been thinking about launching this subscription box for X, Y, and Z. I just need some people to test it out. And there are people who will get hundreds of, I'm um, sorry, like signups. And most of the people become paid customers. Because again, you're, you're part of a community and you are listening to them. And you are inviting them in to help build this brand alongside you.
0: We're giving all the secrets away, Ryan. Um, yeah, Red- Reddit is highly underrated. And for people who understand what it is and how to leverage it, um, they're doing quite well. Um, I think still most companies don't have a clue what the heck Reddit actually is. Um, but yes, yeah. that's one of the many places where you have just a, a sea of micro communities that are there for you to be able to communicate with, engage with. So... I want to paint a vision of what this looks like when it's in place and fully operational and, and, and working uh, smoothly. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll give an example of all of, uh, these HECA as an example, because that was a small company and it was uh, 95% of our sales were being done purely online. Um, and we had just gotten to a point where we were potentially about to go into retail and, and had kind of, things in a way that we thought we, we would be ready. And one of the things that was a strong indicator was just how robust and highly engaged and deeply passionate our community was about our products and the brand. And again, not a very big company, a couple million dollars in revenue. <clears throat> so what I'm not what I'm about to share with you isn't something that was accomplished with some giant marketing budget. It was again, you know, very bootstrappy. But At our peak, we had uh, what we refer to as the HECA tribe, um, and it comprised of roughly 500 members in the tribe. And those 500 members were comprised, super fans were maybe 20% of it, Um, influencers of all sizes uh, were maybe 70%, and then the other, whatever, 10% that's left was uh, maybe thought leaders. Yes. And in, in the influencers were probably mostly less than 50,000 followers in whatever platform they're on, whether it's Instagram or whatever, YouTube, whatever it may be. They were somewhere in that range, 10, 20, up to maybe 50,000. And so every one of these tribe members was a voluntary member. Nobody was being paid to be a part of the tribe and nobody was paid to join the tribe or to stay in the tribe. All uh, had joined the tribe through going onto our website, signing up, becoming a tribe member and through being a tribe member, gaining access to the hacker tribe ecosystem in which they could look at a rewards page full of the types of rewards that they really like And all those rewards had points assigned to them. And then they could look at a activities page or tasks page where they could see activities they could do to earn the points that they could use to exchange for the rewards that they wanted. And once all this was set up, what we as a brand were able to do is let's say that we were launching a new flavor a month from now. We would be able to fully activate this tribe in a totally coordinated way so that we can make a giant splash during the time that we launched this new flavor. Um, and so what type of activations might we be able to do? Well, we would plan out an entire month ahead of time for the launch of the flavor. And some of the tribe members would be part of the launch day giveaways. They would be part of IG live interviews with me. And we would do like maybe 10 of those on day one. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the tribe members were all given opportunities to do giveaways on their platforms which would of course you know cross-pollinate all of our audiences and you know help build up our audiences um even further and then we would have tribe challenges these were very important because if let's say we wanted to um i may have mentioned this in a prior episode we ran a campaign where we wanted to associate the product with coffee and so we wanted a lot of content showing our bars next to coffee whether it's a starbucks cup or whatever it may be. And so, in fact, we actually did a Starbucks campaign one time where we wanted to, as a little brand that hardly anyone had ever heard of, associate ourselves with a big brand like Starbucks that a lot of people really like. And then, Absolutely. of course, create a habit around hey, anytime you get your Starbucks, have a Hekabar with it. And so we challenged the tribe with take a picture of a heck of bar. Next to a uh, Starbucks uh, coffee, your favorite Starbucks mix. And people love sharing all their different concoctions that they like to have, especially in the low carb keto world where people find all kinds of ways to make all these Starbucks concoctions that are low sugar. Um, and so we challenged the tribe to do this. And then we gave out awards for the top three who were, came up with the most creative um, post and then the top three who had the most viral post. No. And then all those people got all kinds of different awards or extra points or whatever it may be. But as you can imagine, at the end of one of these challenges, with 500 people all competing for um, you know prizes and awards, we actually had more content than we knew what to do with. And as you mentioned earlier, this is content that was being shown and validated or not validated, and we were able to do – um, do look at the analytics and see, Oh, like, <laughs> this is great content. We're going to be able to repurpose this and use this on future um, social content or ads or, or however we may need it. No. But when people think about, God, this sounds like a lot of work and it's going to be way too expensive. Think about having the ability to direct 500 plus people and it could be a thousand. And if you keep going, you can build a, an enormous tribe and yeah. open inside your company. But to have the ability to have everyone saying what you want them to say, not because you're paying them to do so, not because you're telling them what to say, but because they actually want to say it. And you're, you're kind of coordinating when all this happens around new flavor launches, new product launches, line extensions. A new, new Let's say you're repositioning your brand and you want a whole new message being shared out there. Like all of this can be coordinated with your with your army. I mean, in essence, it ends yeah. up being a, a, an army, a brand army that's uh, out there sharing your message. So that's what it can be um, if you do it right. If you don't do it right, then it's what we mostly see out there. Oh, yeah. uh, we tried that. It doesn't work. We did influencer marketing. That, that, that doesn't work. Too expensive. Yeah. Uh, can't measure ROI. Most people who have tried this are just not doing it the right way.
1: Totally. Um, before we give away any more of our secrets, (laughs) I feel like, you know, just to recap, um, for the audience before we break. Yeah. I think that, um, this is something that is a must have. It's something that when done right is worth more than the immediate ROI. This is what will get your company to a hundred million dollars. It's almost impossible to do that by just paying for Facebook ads (laughs) or, or TikTok ads or hoping you go viral. Like, and if anything, like I think we mentioned on a prior episode, like going viral is a numbers game. There's no way to predict what content will and will like go viral. So you need this army of right. like micro influencers, of macro influencers, of thought leaders, of, again, all these people that are in a community to actually be the canon that you need to push your brand to the top. So yeah, I'm super excited that we were able to cover this on today's episode of the Omnichannel Roundtable. I'm sure it's gonna come up again on future episodes, especially as we have more guests who have been able to do this in their own way for their own brand. Um, but yeah, um, this was a very productive conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing you know the comments and feedback from our own um, community um, and look forward to the next episode with you.
0: Likewise, I, I can talk about this stuff for hours,
1: but yep. we'll end it here. Awesome, thank you. I'll talk to you next week.
0: Are you ready to take your business to new heights? Click on the link below to connect with me and my partner, Brian. We've got one heck of a track record helping companies go from startups to $100 million brands and beyond. And I bet we can do the same for you. So click on the link, give us a call, and we'll be chatting with you soon.